You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Hey friends, Dan Duvall here to remind you that dandevall.com is the new home of the Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall podcast. This podcast is not a production of Ride Ministries and it is self-supporting, which means that you can go to dandevall.com and get really cool merchandise as well as become a podcast patron where for as little as $5 a month, you uh, get some nice benefits. You also keep this podcast coming and our lights on. Thank you, Jesus. You'll also find the link to Overcomer Accelerated, whose official address is overcomeraccelerated.com. That is our outreach and school to survivors that are on a healing journey and want to heal faster and with more education, empowering them. We have already closed registration for the fall quarter and we are off to the races. But if you'd like to participate in the winter that is starting in January, you can uh, let us know by visiting overcomeraccelerated.com. Lastly, Bride Ministries can be found at bridemovement.com, and we just acquired our new ministry campus, praise God. And if you'd like to leave a donation to the ministry in order to support that or anything else that the ministry is doing, you can always do that at bridemovement.com. With that, we're going to get right to this podcast. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Those were your announcements. Well, Daniel, Daniel Duvall, welcome to Blurry Creatures. Like we said earlier before the show, before we were rolling, we, we talk about creatures on our podcast, and you got a long resume. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we can kick it off with our quintessential question we ask everybody on the top of the hour. Welcome. Well, it, it's it's a pleasure to be with you guys. Luke, Nate, this is going to be fun, mm-hmm. I hope, I think. <laughs> so my name is Dan Duvall. I have founded Bride Ministries. Uh, we've been around as an organization since 2012. We serve what I believe to be underserved populations in the body of Christ, namely targeted individuals, people that have been through MKUltra, government-sponsored mind control projects of various types, people defecting from high-level cults, including the Illuminati, and people that want to just go deeper in Christ. <laughs> Existing in that space, as you can imagine, we, we get a lot of interesting stories and, and people, and, and we're always solving problems that a lot of people would blush at. And you know, I, I, I consider it a privilege. I, I tell people all the time, it's like, you're a targeted individual. If you have problems that you can't explain, I'm your advocate and I, I want to help. So over the years, our offering has expanded. We can be found at bridemovement.com. To date, we have developed, I think, a one of its kind deliverance portal where people can go and like literally get delivered by filling out assessments and just engaging in like this massive repertoire of prayers we've put together for deliverance from everything from fallen angels to like artificial intelligence stuff, synthetic entities and evil councils and alien groups and stuff we may talk about today. Mm. We also have uh, coaches that we've trained. We have an army of people that we're building to really deal with some of the tough problems that people are contending with. I mean, it's not very many places in the body of Christ that you can go and say, hey, I'm being blasted by frequencies and they're using voice to skull and it's going in my head and I don't know what to do Mm. about it. Like, You can't just tell people that, but in our world, you can. 
And that's probably why I'm here. So, you know, we, we, we are here to serve. We're really happy about what's going on at Bride Ministries. I could go on, but we also have uh, the podcast, which sits on dandevall.com. And that's uh, Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. So it's really good to be here with you guys. Yeah, dude, Dan, I love dude, it. That, that's, that's an intro. I don't know if I've been yeah. so excited about a podcast. These are things that we wanted to talk about, Dan, like just just whether it be MK Ultra stuff, the Illuminati, but also, you know, the SRA things you get into. I'm excited for our, for our audience and, and just to get to kind of pick your brain as someone who's on the front lines. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that's cool, too, because a lot of people often email us as they get into our show. They'll tell us their stories about how they're being pestered or they're like, who do I talk to? I mean, we get emails like, like that sometimes and we're just, a, we're just a podcast and it's cool. But now we, and <laughs> I, we can send, them, dummies, we can right? send like, them to you, you know, like, dude, I don't know what to do about these orbs that visit you in your room. I have no, you, know, <laughs> dude, yeah. is... you need to hit up our buddy Daniel. Now we know, yeah. we know where to send yeah. the folks. Yeah. We've been doing this sort of tradition on our show and kind of gets the conversation going. Daniel, what are your thoughts on Bigfoot? What do you think Bigfoot is? Do you have any thoughts on Bigfoot? I'm sure you've heard some stories. Yep. That's our gateway drug into the weird and (laughs) what do you think well look um i I, i've had different stories about bigfoot now now i think some of the more traditional ones is that bigfoot lives in another dimension like parallel to earth so this creature can step in and out of like earth time space and people can see them in a forest when they like only have a really blurry camera or like a a flip phone from 1998 and so it always is sketchy right is it really a bigfoot or a man wearing a costume whatever but i've I've, I've, let me tell you something shape-shifting is real 100 percent. and i have talked to many people over the years that have been at rituals where shape-shifting occurs. And some people will think, oh, you know, we mean shape-shifting like werewolves, right? When people turn into a werewolf. Well, the, the fact of the matter is, friends, uh, wolf is only one form that people will take when they shape-shift, and there are many. And if you like, get into like what they do in the, with the African witch doctors, I mean, we're talking about shape-shifting into hippopotamus. We're talking about shape-shifting into crocodiles. We're talking about shape-shifting even into insects at times. It, the stories that come out of some of these more, more bush-type witchcraft environments are just off the charts. But you do have the lichen kind of a thing, which happens to be its own bloodline, by the way, as is vampire, which is a different conversation. But when we talk about Bigfoot and rituals, there are um, reports in my in my files of, of people at rituals where Satanists have the correct, I, I guess, a demonic infestation to allow them to shapeshift into a Bigfoot type form. Wow. Meaning it's actually a person at a ritual that looks like a Bigfoot and then they shapeshift back. So I think, I think that there are Bigfoots that like these creatures that actually do live in another dimension and can step through. And, and sometimes these are actually shapeshifter that, that have just gone really deep into occult arts and sold their soul to the devil for lack of better terms. So um, yeah, I, I, I hit it at multiple angles. Now, the interesting thing about entities, we, we, we actually uh, deal with all kinds of entities that do come into this dimension. One of the things that we've learned over the years is that entities often are empowered to come in be, through portals of different types. And what, what people don't realize is that the evil ones require energy and they get that energy from things like injustice, fear, 
bloodshed, sex, and drugs, people on drugs, hurting each other and having sex. And so what happens is when you have people that are able to do rituals, say in the woods and different things, they are with all of the bloody gory stuff that I don't want to get on all the details on. They are allowing for portals to open. They're actually summoning entities that can materialize into physical forms in the 3D earth, but they live in other dimensions and they'll be here for a while until the energy from whatever they did in the ritual with the bloodshed and the sex and the incantations and the torture wears off. And then they kind of will drift back into their worlds. So you, you actually get a lot of sightings around areas where there's a lot of occult activity because it's the occult activity that's open the portals bringing in some of these entities that have temporary existence on earth plane mm, mm. I, mean, I mean that reminds me of like we've done a lot of shows recently about this a lot of shows about shape-shifting and some people say you have to have the D- yeah, yeah. The, you have to have the dna of whatever animal you want to turn yourself into and that's kind of how they they do it but also we were just talked about mount shasta and how there was a lot of occult stuff going on around the mountain but I never thought about it like the energy of the people doing occult practices maybe around that area opens up some sort of doorway on that because there's so much weird paranormal creature stories coming out of that place in particular. But there are, there are certain places, as our show kind of barrels on, that the hot spots, and it, it feels weird. And it's interesting you say that, Dan, like when you have an injustice or, you know, you think about hauntings. It's usually like someone has been murdered or committed suicide. You have these these blood, which essentially is these blood rituals that happen. And, it, and it, you hear about these sort of places where the, it feels like there's a door that opens, right? And we talk about skinwalkers. And one of the things that the Navajo talk about is you have to kill someone in your family or someone you love. It's like a that's part of the ritual in order to, to get this demonic power yeah. to shapeshift. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm. disgustingly well, evil, right? I mean, And on the subject of having the DNA, now that is... A, a big deal thing like well, how, how how do you get werewolf dna or pig dna or crocodile dna in the body or whatever and so that's that's a different conversation but let me <laughs> let me just say this we have found and I, and I call it iniquity i call it iniquity because i think this is the the conversation that the bible has on the subject that you're bringing up that the average person wouldn't necessarily connect the dots on when you read the bible over and over again, you see this, this, this theme happen where, where you, you see sin, transgression, and iniquity. And you'll actually find, if you do your deep study, that they're all different words in the Hebrew, the sin, transgression, and iniquity. And iniquity is actually translated from a collection of nine different Hebrew words. Like, But some of the most, one of the most common ones is avon or avon. And when you begin to study out iniquity, it really means perversity or perversion. And when you like read the Bible and what Yehovah God, Jehovah does, it says he visits the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation. What that means is he's not actually visiting sin and he's not visiting transgression. He's visiting perversion, iniquity on, on the, from the fathers to the children to the third and fourth generation. And the interesting thing about this is that when you look at them as different line items, which, what you realize is that sin really means to miss the mark. It means to to make an error or a misstep, right? To do something that offends mm-hmm. God. But 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 transgression really becomes more like a rebellion in 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 the definition of the word. It's like when you move out of sin and you say, No, I'm gonna commit to a sin pattern. 
So I'm in transgression. Iniquity is perversion. What that means is my sin has become not only a, a commitment that has put me in rebellion, it's actually become part of who I am. It's become a component of my identity to the point that I've been perverted by. it. In fact, it has entered my DNA and changed it. And so- mm-hmm. Um, in, a, in like the MK Ultra projects, one of the things they targeted, if, if you look at, I'm, I'm kind of stringing yeah, a bunch yeah. of ideas together, but I'm going to come back to the original thought, which was DNA for shape-shifting. That's yeah. where I'm, I'm coming mm-hmm. back to that. In the MK Ultra projects, what they were doing, like the CIA and other groups involved, some, some of these major politicians, they were like headhunting for targets for their monarch project under MK Ultra, which was like, you know, presidential models and getting people to be sex slaves. Like they were tar- targeting and farming people that came from generational incest-based families. Mm-hmm. And, 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 one of the reasons why is because it's a lot easier to work with bloodlines that have a lot of iniquity. And of course, the perversion that comes along with incest is, is heavy duty. These children are often, you know, sodomized, raped, and whatever from early on. So there's a, there's a foundation of trauma there. But also one of the things they found is that it only takes like two generations where once you have two generations of incest entering in, incest almost becomes natural. It, it, it doesn't become contrary to nature. And so it's very easy for a person to slip into that if they come from just two generations of it. And so it, it was very easy to put them into these sex projects and the, the sexuality is just totally twisted and broken, even from the womb, because it's in the DNA. The brokenness around the sexuality is in the DNA. That's iniquity. Mm. Now, what that means is every time you have a perversion that enters the DNA and changes a person's humanity, you, you've added iniquity. You're actually separating them from original design. So if you look at not just MKUltra, but cults in general, or the 13 root bloodlines of the Illuminati, now these are families that have hundreds and hundreds of years of iniquity compounded on the generations, right? So each generation is coming up under this intentional systematic ritualization, destruction of everything sacred. Generation after generation, they're compounding iniquity for the purposes of ultimately bringing about their new world order, right? So the, so iniquity is a big conversation. It's in the Bible, but it's in the occult world too. It's, it's, it's a, there's a lot of science around iniquity. Now, what we have found, and this connects to aliens and everything else, is that the DNA is everything. Yeah. Like DNA is at the center of it. And if you think there's two strands of DNA, think again, wrong. It's more complicated than that. But there's two physical strands that you can measure. But then there's like these spiritual strands, third strand, fourth strand, fifth strand. We've, we've mapped up to six strands in our work. And it's, it's really interesting what gets attached to this stuff. But when, when you start talking about like shape-shifting, right? This is an iniquity that perverts the DNA of an individual, giving them the ability to cooperate with certain abilities um, that are demonically powered. <laughs> so the DNA really can contain some of this stuff that allows them to go in different directions. Mm. And it is iniquity, which means the whole conversation actually lands smack dab in the middle of a biblical revelation. Now I'm going to take you all a step further because this is probably a question some of you have been asked, right? 
I've been abducted by aliens. Can someone please tell me how to make it stop? Now, I've heard some fantasy words, right? With people that have said, well, you know, if I just call on the name of Jesus, it stops. Yeah, the day you did it, it stopped. But then two months later, they tried again and it got through. And now you're caught back in the cycle and you're like, gosh, I wish I didn't share that testimony so quick. I just don't know how to make it permanently stop. We, we run into this all the time because the worlds of programming, yeah. right? Deep underground military bases. You, you know, there's reptiles that we have purchased technology from Draco reptilians. That that's part of the reason why the world is what it is. I mean, oh, this, man. did I go no, too this far? Is great, yet? Dude. I'm you're in the right place. Like, I mean, you're in the right place. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in the right. Yeah, place. you're in the right place. Yeah, we talk. We've talked so, about so all these things that we have. Things yeah. I want to go back to when you're done with this because it's yeah, like yeah. <laughs> no, but this is this. We're, we're tracking. This is this keep is going. Keep going. Now, yeah. I, told, I, I told you I, I'm a plug and yeah, play. Yeah, like good. you yeah. guys, you, you yeah, plug now. You get to play. But let me just let me just say this, okay? So so people, right? So I. I don't want to leave your audience hanging, right? Because I'm about to drop a key. I'm about to drop a key. People are like, how do I get this stuff to stop permanently? Here's the key. One of the reasons why a lot of these alien groups keep getting backdoor access to people is because during abduction experiences or in interactions with past generations, dad, granddad, their harassment, experiments, injections, stuff like that, on the craft and in their possession of when they have the people have put iniquity in the bloodline. Literally, they've put their own code in the DNA, not necessarily going to change a person fully so they don't look human anymore. Some people may look a little weird, but it's there. And so people are being born with iniquity in their bloodline that actually connects them to some of these alien groups. And the coding in the DNA is the back door. And so these alien groups from a legal perspective in the spirit world are saying, hey, we have legal rights to come after this person because our code is in their DNA. And because they carry iniquity, we can get them. Wow. And so you can call on the name of Jesus and it will stop an event, but it's an application of the finished work of Jesus Christ to undo the iniquity of the DNA that actually stops it dead permanently. We've stopped stuff dead permanently for people, even people defecting from very high level cults. Mm. So I, I know what it takes and, and I've seen enough success mm. that we are very confident in, in the understanding that we have at this point. But but yeah, this whole idea of DNA being modified and getting foreign stuff in it is is a big part so, of the So what are they doing then? Okay, so we know that they're harassing people. We've had many people on our show talk about alien abductions and that they do go after specific family lines and it happens from mother to ch child and, and so on. But what are, what are the aliens doing then? Why are they taking these certain people and on ships and doing these experiments? What are they, what, what's happening when they're doing that? Oh, that's a fancy question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the thing. Some of them are not all playing on the same team. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. It's actually more complicated. I, I, I think in Christianity, one of our um, assumptions is anything we don't understand serves is a demon or just a fallen angel, or it's absolutely serving directly under Satan some kind of way. Can I tell you, there are a lot of different factions in the kingdom of darkness that just generally don't serve Jesus Christ, but are not all on the same page. Mm. That's well, surprising. We've heard that. I mean, that's kind of what Tim talks about, Nate, was just that these, it, there's this, we have this medieval idea 
of the spirit of supernatural and that it's actually way more complicated. Yeah, let's just assume that each original angel that rebelled had his own massive ego. I mean, think about that. I mean, I just think about my days being in a band trying to get five, six guys to agree on something creatively or even just dealing with egos amongst each other and having all this conflict. I mean, it has to be extremely complicated. We think about rebellions and just with humans where the rebel- the rebellious side will just they'll infight. There's infighting, and they're not really all kind of on the same team, following the same. They're all kind of looking out for themselves. It's, it feels like it. I think that's kind of what you're saying, Dan. Like there's a. It's not like everybody's aligned, like you know, taking marching orders from you know from the Prince of Darkness or whatever. It's it's it, it's it's a really interesting situation. So like even within the bloodlines of the Illuminati, like they are constantly infighting. Like people think the Illuminati is just controlling the world and they're just running their plan. Yeah, right. There are different factions and there's been an ongoing like headbutting as to who among the bloodlines and the groups is going to take like first seat. Okay. So I have a problem, friends. And if you have to, I have to apologize because sometimes I will use like an example to make a point on another point that is a bomb all by itself. And I'm, I'm notorious for doing that. So (laughs) to your audience, I do apologize. So, so, but, but the aliens, they're, they're, they have a lot of projects running. They have a lot of hybrid projects running. Uh, There was a long running gray human hybridization project that was run. They were actually collecting humans. They They were trying to hybridize a being that really was a gray, but it looked very much human. And, and then they did even seed some of these into human population, adopted them out to actual families, believe it or not. I mean, mean, sometimes, you know, they are abducting people because they want their seed. They they want the eggs. They want the sperm. Also, they are collecting soul fragments. They're like actually farming soul fragments out of human bodies because they use soul fragments for a lot of their technologies, believe it or not. So soul fragments from humans on this earth actually have massive value throughout the, um, I would say the multiverse. And I call it the Babylonian soul trade based on Revelation 18, verse 11 through 13. But the idea is that they they are taking people and there's a lot of slavery that's happening. You know, they're, they're pulling people into slave labor, but a lot of that, that happens through the fragmentation of the soul. And, and it, that's another conversation yeah. somewhat. So there's a lot of layers. I, I, I I mean, I don't know if you guys have interviewed some people in the secret space program, but they also bring a very unique angle to some of this stuff. We haven't yet. I mean, I recommend one. we've <laughs> talked about all these ideas loosely. Like they've, they've, they've been dropped, but we had a specific episode about something else and it was just kind of mentioned on a show, but we've talked about everything from the grays to the reptilians, but we've never gone into detail about all these things, but not to deep, deep, deep really. All right, so I'm no, gonna. I also think that I was gonna say the DNA thing to me is is really the fascinating thing because for our show and just looking at at the Old Testament and what happened in Genesis six and when we have this, everything is about the DNA from the prophecy of Genesis three to to the event in Genesis six and to the the try to prevent them the coming of the Messiah. You know, now to post Jesus coming and resurrection of Christ, we have a continuing DNA war that seems a lot more complicated than just like a, a single facet. And you've already done that on this episode. Yeah. You're it, saying they're saying they can put iniquity in bloodlines. We haven't heard that. Can, on can I, show. can I tell you what, what, what do you guys think transhumanism is about? 
transhumanism. I mean, and, and they're saying, well, this is actually pretty cool. So we'll put a mutant called Next Man on the big screen. So you can see just how cool it would be to have the powers associated with foreign DNA in your bloodline, in your DNA, right? But transhumanism is iniquity PR campaign. They're trying to engineer, scientifically engineer iniquity into human bloodlines with our co-signature on it saying, I want this so I can be better. 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 talked a bit about that dan like the idea that we have a frequent guest on the show tim alberino he he contends that the what are the one of the, the ideas there is that because man's been given dominion through adam on the earth the part of the transhumanism push is to remove those things that uniquely make us human out of our dna so that you can usurp the dominion the iniquity piece that we haven't talked about so i think it's fascinating the idea that that the bible says the sins of the father are past the son and I think when you think about that in just sort of Sunday school terms, it's like, well, yeah, like the dad's an alcoholic, maybe the kid will be, there's those kind of things. But then you realize that like, man, there's really DNA piece to that where it's passed in the line. And it, I just never thought about it in those terms, Dan. I just hadn't thought about it in those terms because it, and that makes complete sense. But, yeah. but, so let me just do this. All right. So I'm, I'm going to do two things, right? I'm going to back up what I said. I'm going to give you all your, your audience a few Bible verses on my point with iniquity. And then I'm going to jump into your other question about the Illuminati. Then I'm going to give another mm-hmm. Bible verse and scramble everyone's eggs. And we can talk about it some more, <laughs> right? So, okay. so Daniel chapter nine and verse 24, it says 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and thy holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins mm. and to make reconciliation for iniquity, right? Exodus 34, verse seven, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. That's my point. Those are all different words. And if you look at what Jesus did, and, and, and this is where some of the prayer resources we've developed come in. And I'm just going to give a shameless plug right now because I, I have <laughs> Let's go. all these prayer books. <laughs> Prayers to Shake Heaven and Earth has over a thousand reviews on Amazon. It's changing lives. People have actually been delivered, healed, blessed, because these books contain the prayers we, and I could get into a lot of conversation just on how they were engineered on the front lines, trying to help people solve problems that just were tough. I mean, church after church, ministry after ministry, issues that were not breaking free. And when we figured out the keys and the mechanics, we were able to get breakthrough on them. This is what we learned. We learned that in Isaiah 53, verse five, it says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Bada bing, bada boom. Later on in verse 10, the Bible says, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. See, Jesus actually nailed sin, transgression, and iniquity to the cross. And we don't, we're not taught that aspect mm. of it, that he actually resolves all three. Because I think in traditional Christian thinking, we just get told, stop sinning. And, and sin is like the coverall for everything wrong. Mm-hmm. And we don't actually see the bigger, broader, more nuanced conversation the Bible is having about just how stuck we can mm. be now. With that said, one of the things that 
we realized in which we read the Bible is that God is always resolving iniquity in the context of a heavenly court. Yeah. It, that's just where the, the iniquity actually gets resolved. It's, it's, it's a legal process. So in the book of Zechariah, you actually see God removing the iniquity of the high priest. And it, that was Joshua, the high priest. So Zechariah was the prophet. And as God was removing that iniquity, then he gave him a crown and he changed his dirty garments out. And all of this is happening as Satan is standing at his right hand to accuse him. It's a court setting. It's actually a courtroom. And that's where you see God saying, I've removed the iniquity. And one of the things that Jesus Christ accomplishes is the ability for us to have him be our intercessor, our advocate to plead our case. And and when Satan has these legal rights based on genetic bondages, we are able to take those two like heavenly courts and resolve them on a legal basis. And that that legal Hmm. basis is where a lot of people miss it because they just say, well, leave me alone in the name of Jesus. But because we're not strategically applying any nuance around legalities that may be associated with our bondage, like this usually just falls flat and people stay stuck. They stay broken. They stay harassed. And I used to be one of them. Can I tell you guys something about me personally? Mm-hmm. I'm still yeah. coming back to the Illuminati. I okay, promise yeah, I'm going to yeah. get there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, this is great. Yeah, yeah. I-, I was one of those people. When I was growing up, I used to see demons with my physical eyes walking around. I mean, Sixth Sense kid, like, oh, there it's happening again. I was tormented with fear. I was like, Every time I wake up, it's like, I'm not going to see one of them. I'm like, oh, you know, and then it stopped and switched around 12 and, and, and it started to, I stopped seeing them with my physical eyes and it started to happen in my dreams where the demonic entities would like come through a portal into my dreamscape. And then I would go into sleep paralysis and they would be like, you know, literally like beating me up like in the spirit world. And I'd have right. to like wake myself out of sleep. Like when we'll finally wake up, then I'd be like, rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And it would stop until the next day. Mm -hmm. And then they'd come back. And I I mean, by the time I hit my senior year of high school, this was happening almost every Mm. day. And I was going to church. I was going to youth group. Mm. I was praying. I was reading the word. I mean, I I literally got so tired of trying that I just backslid later on as I got to college because I'm like, you know, if it's going to be this tough, I might as well have a good time. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, and yeah, right, right into sinner's lane. But thing is, No one told me, Daniel, you may have an iniquity problem because you're half Haitian and half Puerto Rican. You have voodoo on one side of your family and you have espiritimo on the other side of your family. And, you know, combined, your stuff was kind of compromised when you came out the womb. And if you knew how to resolve that strategically, it could have knocked that out in a couple hours. It's just total life change. Instead, I had to take a journey of years, but now we're helping people to like, you know, just squash this stuff really quick. And it's, it's super cool because we understand it. Now I say, all that to say this, what is the Illuminati? The Illuminati are 13 root bloodlines that are all pre-Adamic. That's what, that's, that's the Illuminati, right? And so these are the chosen bloodlines through which Really, the Luciferian kingdom is creating the the plan, right? The new world order, ultimately, their confrontation of Yehovah God, Jesus Christ, right? And so these, these families have deep bloodline iniquities that go back behind Adam. And they go by different surnames. So some of the common surnames people have heard, Rockefeller, 
Rothschild, DuPont, Windsor, Habsburg, Lee. Like these are all surnames. And, And there's way more than 13 surnames for these Illuminati bloodlines, but there are 13 root bloodlines. And yeah, people that are born into these bloodlines, I mean, they have a heck of a hard time coming out from under all of that iniquity. In fact, we get an idea of what it looks like in Acts chapter eight, because you have this guy named Simon the sorcerer. And here's what happens. They go and preach, right? Philip, and he gets saved and baptized. He gets saved and baptized. He, he turns his life over to Jesus. Then he gets baptized in water. And then Peter and John come up giving people the Holy Ghost, right? And they're praying for people. And, and he sees that Simon the sorcerer. And he's like, I want that power. So what does he do? Acts chapter eight, he asked to buy it from Peter. And Peter says, that's not how this works, friend. Mm. You need to pray to God for forgiveness because I perceive that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity. And this is the key. See, Simon the Sorcerer, this guy was a generational bloodline survivor who happened to be a sorcerer that mystify people with demonic power. But this guy had a bloodline problem, an iniquity problem. And the thing about iniquity is that it is not resolved just because you are saved and baptized in water. Simon's iniquity was still there after conversion, just like ours, just like mine. Hmm. It was still there. I had to resolve it by applying the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so these Illuminati bloodlines, like they just compound this iniquity, compound, compound, compound. The kind of stuff that goes in in the DNA of a of a blue blood like person is 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 quite hectic, right? And I mean, it attaches them to all of these different kingdoms, from you know the Draco reptilian kingdom to the Nordic kingdom to the Anunnaki kingdom, like to the vampire bloodlines and the lichen blood. Like they they have a convergence of all of this stuff. I mean, it's like deep. Mm. And therefore, they get hit from every direction because they've got like legal access up the wazoo. It's, it's really crazy. So It's like so, hyper-concentrated is what you're saying. Highly concentrated. All right. So this is going to mess you guys up, right? Because uh, when, I, when I say pre-Adamic bloodlines, people freak out and they're like, yeah. what? where is that in the Bible? So I'm going to give you a passage, okay? Ezekiel chapter 20, 26, 28, excuse me, 28. It's not the first time someone said that, though, on our show. So you're good. Okay. Okay. I mean, <laughs> no one's explained, no one's explained it. it. You know, I, 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 honestly, look, all right. I, I get it. We all have opinions and um, are, are entitled to our opinions, but not necessarily to our own facts. I, I can get fact checked. I'm okay with that. Dan, you got this wrong. Fine. You know, I'm just trying to help people. Here's the deal. Ezekiel chapter 26, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. This is describing Lucifer wearing his breastplate, right? With nine stones, not 12, like the high priest of Israel, his has nine, right? The workmanship of your temples and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers, I'm sure you guys are familiar with this passage. I established you, you are on the holy mountain of God, that's Zion. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity. (laughs) There it is. Iniquity was found in you. So so iniquity actually is pre-Adamic, right? We have a source point in Lucifer. 
Lucifer that is way before he's found in the garden deceiving Adam and Eve. Verse 16, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Now, this is interesting because not only do you have a pre-Adamic iniquity associated with Lucifer, you have a pre-Adamic trade. Pre-Adamic trade requires multiple parties. And there's a lot of trading because it says abundance, meaning Lucifer is trading with all kinds of people and groups and entities. This is pre-Adamic world stuff. Mm. It's right there staring us in the face. Hard to catch though, because it, we're not introduced to this in church. And so it's like, you know, it's not in the Sunday school curriculum, unless you're at Bride Ministries Church. We'll <laughs> yeah. But look, then God says, therefore I cast you out as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. I destroyed you, O covering cherub from the midst of the fiery stones. But verse 17 is the clincher. This messes everyone up. I I think most people just ignore it because they don't know what to do with it. Verse 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings, plural. Hmm. Now, where are? why would you need kings in a pre-Adamic context? This is before Adam and Eve are in the garden and the serpent is deceiving them. So there's a lot of stuff. Right, right. Back there, like it, it's 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 really this incredible, and that is the world from which the Illuminati bloodlines are pulling their iniquity. Like it, it goes really deep, and it forces us to expand our grid to understand what they're doing, the powers that they're playing with, and why they're driving the world in the direction they're driving. Mm. Is it, are these angelic? Are we talking about angelic kings? So we're talking about a hybridized bloodline, then, or is this? Are you talking about human? Take your pick, man. I don't know. I, I because I, I wish yeah, I had I a mean, camera. I could go back. I could film. <laughs> yeah, say it. it'd be a blur. It'd be a blurry photo because this, this is a proper context. I, I think there's <laughs> there's a lot there, and a lot of people talk about the golden age being much much longer than Christians want to. Christians have this very like yeah, the world got corrupted in like 500 years, and then we just had this flood. And it sounds like some of these empires took a long time to build. And to to go on to your earlier point, they were building these empires all over the world. So it makes a lot of sense when you say the kingdom of darkness is vast because there's antediluvian empires, the, the remains of them, all over the world. So why would they why would they just build one big empire somewhere if they're all loyal to one? kingdom of darkness you know what i mean so it's but it sounds like that that golden age was a long time and they were they had this tech and they were building it. and then some people have said on our show that yeah eden was a separate place set aside for a specific purpose human beings were created differently and that's when angels began to lust after what we had and what we were created to be and then i have another question but I don't know if there was a question in there, but that's just kind of my understanding of what we heard. I mean, it, all of that is good stuff. Yeah. How do the how do these bloodlines survive the flood, Dan? Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> we get a lot of people yelling at us. You were talking about these bloodlines and iniquity. And I think on this show, it, it's is this why Christ offers us his blood then? Because it's more than just a, a symbolic sacrifice. Are we getting the DNA of Christ himself? Of course. That's why we are his body. It is a genetic conversion. The Bible actually says we are baptized with the baptism of regeneration. That's that's regening. You gonna get me preaching real quick, my friend. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I show. It's 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 all bloodlines and. And specifically, we talk a lot about the giants and the Nephilim and things like that, and how they were hybrids. But this is can I can I say something though? Right. I mean, okay. So now we're going to get a little bit preachy. Sorry. But this is what's so cool about being a believer in Jesus Christ. You don't just get like to not go to hell, right? That like, that's the big kick. The Bible says 
We bow our knee. I bow my knee to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. That, that salvation that we receive in Christ grafts us into the royal house of heaven mm -hmm. as bloodline members. Yeah. The royal family. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we just had such a guilt. It's like the way that it was explained to most Christians is, is it's a very guilty. You know, you, you come to Christ in this very guilt stricken mentality as opposed to remember who made you and you get to come back to the family of God. It is it is a welcome imparting. You're back. You're back in the family. You're home. You were lost and now you're found again. And I and I think that's such a more that's the moment in every movie. Everyone stands up and cheers. Right. Uh -huh. How can we think that the story of ourself is is any less great than that? But but what about the veil being torn in the temple though? Is 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 there some symbolic thing there when that happens? Okay, so I I, I don't know which question to answer <laughs> first because you guys asked me yeah, about blood and now you ask me about oh, yeah. the veil. That's this is what, this is what we do. This is what we do. Hey, we got two different guys here. You know, so, so we could do this all day. We just love welcome it. to yeah, welcome to the circus. Okay, so. Go wherever you like, Dan. Go wherever you go, like. Go wherever I like. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so here's the thing: the veil being torn top to bottom is 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 really cool, right? Because look, you want to talk about bringing in entities from other dimensions. You, you, you guys ever see in the Bible? And I believe it's in Luke chapter one, where where Jesus says, "You will see the angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man." Decent. Yeah. Like what Jesus understood was that he was the gate, the gate of God. Now, we have ziggurats and temples that they felt were gates of heaven. Now, what they would do was they would do rituals and they would open a portal. And at the top of the thing, they would have a, a, a structure coming from another dimension where entities and women could have sex and do different things at the top. And they could even come down to ziggurats and interact with people for periods of time before it kind of it went into the other dimension it came from. And then you just have this like step pyramid with a missing piece on the top, right? And they call it like a gate to heaven. What Jesus realized, you know, they have a structure there. I am the gate. That's what he said. And, and, and he is coming as a high priest. Now, now, now they had a temple and he said, you're not going to need that anymore yeah. because the temple is going to be my body. But then he made us part of his body. And later on in the new Testament, you realize that we are the temple of God. The gate. So when, when the veil comes down, that means separation is over. The Bible says we can come boldly before the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help in time of need. And it is our activity, our actions, our words, our acts of faith that open up gates of heaven into the earth, allowing for supernatural manifestations of God's power and kingdom. That's why Jesus says, if I cast out demons with the finger of God, you will know the kingdom of God has come upon you. That's what Christians are here to do. We're here to open the gate to the dimension where God is king, angelic activity, people getting healed, sick, you know, getting delivered, demonized, getting delivered, people coming into their right minds, families being restored, finances coming into alignment. You know, I mean, people coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, the dead being raised, all of it's on the table because of this interaction. Like, yeah, the veil has been torn and it's been torn top to bottom because God was just like, you know, this is, you think you're separated from me, friend? Like, 
forget that. I'm done. We are now in oneness. That's why Jesus comes back in John chapter 17. He says, you know, Father, that they would be one, even as you and I are mm-hmm. one, that you would make them one. Like he goes on this whole thing about oneness. How we come into this oneness with God. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So for all of this occult stuff, bringing in demons, doing rituals yeah. so we can manifest a little imp, make it like, just like, what, what the heck do you think? You have no idea. This is what I get excited about. These people working on this new world order, these Illuminatis, these cultists, these witches, they serve an inferior kingdom and inferior gods and have an inferior power than we're working with. And mm-hmm. our problem is that we're ignorant until we're not. Mm-hmm. And then everything changes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now. That. That's, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, so much yeah. You're right. If the ignorance of... of Maybe of just the neutering of Christianity or the, is the idea that we, like the Holy Spirit that lives in us is the most high God, the most powerful. And yet we, we look at some of these other things like they, they are powerful. And well, it like, makes so much sense, right? That the best way to operate against the best team is to make them think they're not any good, right? It, it, it's, it's a brilliant strategy. So many Christians are just asleep to how much power they have and that they're in the family of God and so, so let me let me give you an example. I'm going to come yeah. back. I'm, I have to talk. I have to talk about the flood. So, um, let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Look, I, I, yeah. one of my clients, right? So, defecting out of the Illuminati, targeted individual. We're in a prayer session, and they're flying a black helicopter over his house, right? So, right. So, the helicopter's coming, right? They're going to start blasting him with some frequencies because that's what they do. And he's like, "Yeah, the black helicopter's outside of the house." So it was like time to pray against a helicopter. And Jesus. And so I started praying against the helicopter. He actually watched an orb of light come around the helicopter, like with the physical eyes. And you know what the helicopter did? It hightailed and left. Now, this guy was on the other side of the world. There's no distance in prayer. God is a big God. Like we, and, and I, I can get, we could, we could literally talk for weeks on testimonies because I get to see my seat, the coolest things. I mean, stuff that it, it takes almost a week just to teach the foundation to understand the size and scope of the breakthroughs that we get to watch God do. It's so cool. But coming back to the, uh, the, the, the flood, right? You ask, what, what, what the heck? How did they escape? And, and you know, it, it's, it's actually multifaceted. It's not so, not so straightforward. So one of the things that we ran into when, when I'm working with people that come out of these occult and uh, bloodlines, they're often connected to libraries and records of knowledge it 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 will exist in the spirit world or their actual subconscious they'll actually have books and libraries of ancient data stored and so if you become like a master d programmer you can access these records and 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 so we've we've stumbled across all kinds of wild knowledge you couldn't look it up you couldn't find it but it's actual history and because we make it actionable intelligence and there's usually a deliverance that processes through on the back of that knowledge, that's the confirmation that some of the stuff is actually true. Well, here's the thing, and this has come up with more than one person. Some of these groups, when the flood began to, to, to happen, actually went underground. They actually carved out and burrowed tunnels and sealed them off and survived the flood in like underground caverns and cities. Now, when I first came across that bit, I was kind of, I, I was personally very skeptical. I was like, ah. but let me tell you something. 
study out underground caverns and cities for just a few weeks and start putting some of the puzzle pieces together. And you're going to run into some very unique conclusions, period. And, and whether you believe this or not, you know, that's up to every individual person. But it seems like that was part of the strategy. The other strategy was just going off planet. Because one of the things that the Bible says, and it says very explicitly, everything that was on the surface of the earth died. It doesn't say anything about anything that went deep under the surface of the earth in Genesis. And it also doesn't say anything about those that opened up stargates and portals or just used naturally occurring portals in the earth and crossed over into other realms, dimensions, and planets and continued civilizations there. Mm. And that's like, a, we've, we've hypothesized a lot of those ideas on the show. And, mm-hmm. you know, you start a show like this, you don't believe in any of that stuff at first. And then you start hearing more and more and more and more. And no. you're, you're, you're like, okay, yeah, they could. They could have stepped through some sort of game. I mean, we were talking about that this week, about the this episode we just released this week, talking about how the, the Amalekites specifically why they were even the animals were to be exterminated because they were shaped so much shape-shifting was going on in those and you don't you can't i mean i don't know how you read the old testament without some of this knowledge and it's so sad that people do try to read they try to read the old testament and they have no no training on how to make sense of it and then they they make god the enemy well god's the enemy because why would he command these people to do these things and they just it's just it's crazy to me but yeah we 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 interview people talking about stargates and you know portals and some of them go from point a to point b on earth and then some of them go from supposedly here to another world or another dimension another place so they could have stepped through and stepped back it's crazy because some people come up with some wild theories like oh, well the bloodline survived through the wife of ham and then it went down i'm like i don't know i don't think so i mean i personally don't i think i think th- and then there's multiple incursions what were they doing in sodom and gomorrah and places like that how come they were are they tinkering with the bloodline and the DNA again and what's going on? So it doesn't seem too far-fetched to me that they could come back. A lot of people get hung up on that, though. I don't. I think it's like, man, just think of what you already have to believe to get there. So them coming back, it's not that hard, right? <laughs> right. I mean, we already have a crazy story. Angels and humans mating and then these kings and Nephilim and, and demigods. I mean, come on. I mean, they could just... Why couldn't they go through some Stargate and come back? Why is that so hard for people? It's not, I guess... I guess it is, though. Not for well, me, though. It's, I guess, I mean, and that's why you're doing this podcast, friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you're, and here we are, full circle, Dan. Full circle. <laughs> here, that's yeah. why. Same thing happens full with Bigfoot. Circle. People say, oh, it's just an animal. And then you listen to a thousand stories. And you're like, it's not. There's something else going on here. And then it's like, it's it's performing magic, basically. Mm. So you expand your ideas. Some people just can't. They just, everything's just this natural explanation. They can't move beyond that, so. What kind of magic is he doing? He's doing, like, card tricks, or? <laughs> He's just, the, the the best is when you just see, big, you hear stories of just Bigfoot's feet running. That's all they see is just the feet. And no, no body. <laughs> it's like Fred Flintstone. Like Fred Flintstone. I actually did. I actually did an interview, okay? So I interviewed one of my clients, and, 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 and that particular interview we called You Won't Believe what she survived from the Freemasons or something along those lines. Mm. And so she talked about a particular event where, you know, she, she had ticked these people off. She was under mind control. And so that she was trafficked to a, a ritual site in a cave. And so they, they had her there and she was supposed to be killed at this ritual. And the, the means of death was going to be 
cannibalism. Like they were going to eat her, but not as a human. So the the memory that she was able to recover because she'd actually this experienced this whole thing in an alternate personality was that you know as the main satanist guy that was going to do the majority of the eating um was in the process of shape shifting she managed to get out and and like there was some angelic activity involved she was actually supernaturally delivered out of the cave it's a really ridiculous story but he was shape shifting into a bigfoot form because he was going to eat her alive in that Man. Mm. And and I, and I can I can I tell you I was there when we had to process the trauma around that memory. She wasn't making that up. Yeah. That's mm. real. That's really scary. Like that's really scary stuff. I mean, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to actually be there yeah. and think, you know, well, I, I could literally die right now. So, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's some deep magic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, you, you hear enough and your mind opens up, you take the steps, but then you can go back and read the Bible almost again because you're like, okay, now I know why there are all these tribes you know, like you were saying, the kingdom of darkness is vast. We have 20 plus tribes of ancient, giant, hybrid groups of people. And you're like, oh, I can believe that now. I didn't understand any of that stuff growing up. And yet, you know, you're taught it. And it's really, it's kind of dangerous. And I think that's why a lot of people deconstruct later, because they just don't understand. And then they just, they think it's all crazy almost. If you have some sort of supernatural experience, you see a Bigfoot creature or, or your friend gets, tells you he's getting abducted by aliens. It's like something supernatural has to jar people awake. And I just wish it wasn't that, I wish it wasn't, wasn't that way where something traumatizing had to happen to you in order to get you to believe it. Right. But that's how, that's where we are in our world, you know? So I would I wanted to ask you a question about the Draco reptilians. You've kind of dropped that. Oh Lord, because <laughs> you talk about these bloodlines, and we haven't talked about the reptilians, and we 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 hear we get sent a lot of weird stuff, and it's hard for like cu- curating a show like this because you get hundreds of links with people like their eyes turn reptile and they go back, and you're like, I can't tell if that so like, is that real. Just spoofed that, yeah. Is yeah, it yeah. fake? And and you don't you deal with people who actually tell you this stuff on a daily basis, so. That's where you're getting your information. Yeah, I, I, I've actually seen partial shape-shifting with my physical eyes. Mm. I haven't watched a person completely shape-shift all the way, but I've definitely worked with people that um, had shape-shifting abilities. You know, and, 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 and here's the thing, right? So much of what happens in, in, in the kingdom of darkness is, is veiled, right? They, they love doing things where the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. So they lean heavily into dissociation. So some of the most powerful dissociated people are sitting in the front row of your local church, totally Christianized in their, like, I would call it a presenting personality. And they have a whole lot of fragmented soul parts Mm. that are high powered witches, mothers of darkness, crones. I mean, just all kinds of different offices in their cult, like, you know, members of different councils, even off planets councils where their parts are trained to ride the light and travel, you know, different pathways and in, in, in the spirit with different vehicles, even to, to sit on alien councils and, you know, galactic federation stuff. And it's, you know, 
the person literally has no idea. Hmm. All, all they know is that they love Jesus. They sit in the front row of the pew. And every time they go to worship God, it's dry. And they don't know why they can't connect. Like that's where so many people start their journey. So I say that to say so much of what happens in, in the dark world it happens with people that have no idea they're even involved. So like with the shape-shifting stuff, I remember one lady early on, we started pulling memories back in, in our work and she couldn't figure out why she had all these memories of being a man and people in her life that she knew, but in these memories, she's like, a man, but she was shape shifting into the physical form of one of her male alternate personalities. This is Illuminati stuff. This is like in these deep cult families, weird stuff does happen. And so when we hit that revelation and it's like, no, that was you, but you were shape-shifting. It was a very, very hard pill to, to swallow. Mm, yeah. And, yeah. and obviously the skeptics listening to the show, I mean, is, when you do what you do, you probably learn more and more as you go. Obviously there's no manual yeah. for this because like you said, the darkness is, is keeping a lot of this under lock and key. And Christians are the most skeptical to a lot of these things. I mean, we bring on a few people that say they see angels and demons, and, and it, it ruffles more feathers than anything else we talk about. Why is that? No, no way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that is that is well? That yeah, true? because we have this. Yeah, we had a seer on who who has a ministry who sees angels and demons, and it broke people's brains. And just because he described know. weird stuff, like angels were hanging out and wanted to try his yogurt or something, you know, and, he, and yeah, people or like came and like <laughs> was talking to him when he was pooping. I'm not, I'm not kidding. And it was like this, is, but people just couldn't. Okay. They couldn't. They couldn't put their. It, it just broke. It yeah. broke people's paradigms. Yeah. Yeah. They could talk. They could talk about Bigfoot all day, but an, an angel showing up talking about yogurt too much. Yeah, yeah. I have so many stories. <laughs> I have so. Yeah, many yeah. I love I, it. I mean, if you if you guys want to, but now I, I'm like, well, maybe maybe we don't want to break anyone else's brain. Like we could just <laughs> go back to Bigfoot. Well, we could talk. About I think I think for our listeners' sake, maybe to fill you in, every once in a while we do a show like this, and it's like a mega connector from like the last thirty episodes we've done. No, oh. and I feel like you're one of those people. You're you're plugging all these loose ideas kind of into one episode, and so that's why we're kind of a shotgun, you know, approach to you because it's like we've heard a lot of random stuff, and no one really has a lot of information on it. But you seem to have so much more information on it, so it's it's good because it give, it connects a lot of things that we've personally been wondering. But it sounds like it looks it makes us look like we have ADD, and we're just like, well, what about that? <laughs> How do you feel about this? <laughs> exactly, like exactly. Squirrel. Hey, all right, because yeah. <laughs> we're just we're just trying to figure it out. We're a journey podcast. We're just on the journey trying to figure out what the heck's going on, and and no question is too weird. So. Well, look. What about the reptiles? The thing, reptiles, right? Dan. We got to get back to the reptiles. Get back to the reptiles. That's where we yeah, were. That's where we, we were on the reptiles. We were we'll finish there. your thought. Finish your thought about angels and yeah. demons, and then we'll go to the reptiles. So many thoughts. Oh, wait, first of all, first of all, let's ground this out. Yeah. Okay. The Bible says, "And his angels shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot upon a stone." Psalm ninety-one. I mean, that literally declares there will be angelic activity around the lives of God's children. Isn't that, isn't that what Satan quotes to Jesus on the, in the temptation of Christ? Throw yourself off here. Cause it doesn't the, that's the same, <laughs> that's the same verse. Is it not? Am I like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Okay. No, Cause that's where it's yeah. cause literally, no, that's because we've talked about this too on the show. Like the idea mm -hmm. that they didn't know if they could kill him. And 
so there's this whole back and forth where it feels like Satan's trying to feel out Jesus to see if he if he can be killed, mm-hmm. right? And they end up making the, the mistake of the, Jesus had to die. They didn't know. I mean, the doctor doesn't know this. And but I think that's what he's saying. Like, doesn't doesn't the word say that they will the angels will hold up your will lift your feet up and so that you don't touch a stone? That that's the same. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and, and you know, I mean, Jesus is like, yeah, that's not how this works, right? right so right. so we don't run around jumping off cliffs saying sure. angels catch me, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. but they're angelic activity. And that's the thing, like, uh, in the book of Hebrews, it says, are not all his angels by ministering spirits to those which are, you know, inheriting salvation. It's kind of plain as day. There's going to be angelic activity. The thing is, a lot of it happens on the other side of the veil. Like, so so we have 3D world, right? You have 3D sight, 3D Mm. smell, 3D taste, right? I mean, you know, most of us can't eat bread of life with our physical mouth, right? We go and we eat bread of life by hearing the word of God taught. Mm-hmm. That's the, you see, so there's like spiritual food and then there's physical food, but the hamburger that you physically eat. So, so for most people, they're not going to see angelic activity with their physical eyes, unless there's a special occasion. I actually did see an angel with my physical eyes one time in my life. I mean, literally, and I was what, like, I mean, maybe five or six, like I was young and it was at the church that my parents took us to. And uh, at that time, you know, I was just kind of like, it was after service. I was just wandering around the building as a kid and I just opened up a closet. It was it's such a random thing. I don't even know why this happened, <laughs> but I opened up a closet and when I opened it up, I see this being physically with my eyes, it's just standing there, but I can't see its feet. It's wearing a white gown, no wings. And it, it was just like there, it was, it had his finger. It's like, you know, don't go in here or whatever. And I was like, yes, sir. Like I, 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 I didn't know what else to do. I was just like, oh my God. So I just closed the closet and I went over to my mom's. Like, I saw an angel. This was actually during the time in my life where I was seeing the demons like, mm-hmm. and being harassed. So it would, if anything, this was like a sign to me personally, like there's another side mm-hmm. to the spirit world. That's not evil and scary. So that really was helpful to me, but that is in my life. The only time I ever actually physically with my eyes saw an angel, but in my life and in the work that we do and helping people way that we help, we couldn't do it without the armies of heaven. Impossible. Like the armies of heaven have been very involved. And so, you know, I mean, I, I, let me give you an example. I, I, I was working with a guy one time and um, he's sitting there on the other side of the world. So we're on a Zoom call and I'm doing a deliverance session. So we run into this ancient Egyptian uh, god. What's his name? Um, well, his name escapes me at the moment. Oh, Horus. Yeah. yeah. God of Horus. the world, right? I think so. This jerk, right? So, yeah. so, so Horus, he, this guy's arrogant to no end. So a lot of these entities know me because we've had encounters from different people in different areas of the world over the years, you know, you know, those face to face, but anyway, so, so this guy comes up in the physical body and the face changes, the mannerisms change. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this guy who doesn't, I mean, he speaks English. Okay. The guy speaks English, but what starts coming out of that mouth is ancient Egyptian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there. And and Horus comes up and starts cursing me in ancient Egyptian. Mm. You know, I I had to have the angels 
shut him up and restrain him uh, as we're dealing with this stuff. And like the, as, as we're, you know, directing traffic in the spirit, so to speak, like I get to watch like physically the, the eventually the mouth stops moving and, and, and the body gets restrained physically. Like you could see spiritual beings are causing the physical body in this deliverance encounter to be impaled from movement. And it's like, yeah, we're working with angels. Like they're, they're serving Jesus just like I am. I mean, I see it with my own eyes all the time. I mean, this is one example, you know, on another occasion, you know, we had someone just like decide to start banging their head on the desk and I was like, had the angels make them stop. And they just like grabbed them and, you know, wow. (laughs) it's, it, it, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, if you were to watch it, you would be like, Mm -hmm. you know, like what's happening. It's like watching. Mm -hmm. But that's when you begin to realize like, no, God's kingdom He's not, he's not lying. He does not, God does not lie. His word is true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we get to see this. Uh, angels are at work all the time. And I mean, I think look, it's the depth and the strangeness, right? Like on the top of the hour, you were saying how it's, it's the kingdom of darkness is vast. And I think people have a very, very simplistic view of this. There's God, there's Jesus, some angels hanging out. And then were the bulk of the story. But when you start talking about uh, do a show like this, you hear there's insectolins, there's gray aliens, there's aliens, there's Bigfoot, there's Dogman, there's werewolves, there's there's all these creatures. And then you, you haven't even sat, and that's just physical stuff that on, on this earth that we don't, and then you have these realms and stargates and people, it makes them afraid because they don't know. They're like, they don't know what they believe. They don't know how to make sense of it. And I think that's where the fear comes when you hear a story of like someone saying, well, I see these things and it's not what they've, and it's not mm. what they've read and they have no context for it. So they freak out. Well, that can't be true because it doesn't say it in the Bible, but I'm like, the, the Bible doesn't give us a lot of stuff that we, we think it should, but it just doesn't. It gives us what we need, but doesn't give us everything. Or if it it's does, true. we just can't read it. We can't. No, it gives us all we need. It just isn't a, it's not a science book or an encyclopedia. It's, it never was meant to be. It's, it's a, it's a story of God's pursuit of humanity. So that's why it's, it's like, there's a lot of things that fit in this that just aren't explicitly talked about. Nate, what we kind of do, and I think in this show is, and, and you know, Dan, you're like on a whole nother level of doing this, but just to provide context for the scripture, right? Like understanding that, that there was so much more going on. Like, I think we, we, we like to put a little fence or a little circle around our faith and, and say everything can fit really nicely in here. And it, it does. And I want it to, and I don't want it to anything to come outside this box because that, that is, that's scary. Right. And I think a lot of people live like that. You know, once you, you open that whether it's your choice or not. Like I'm sure a lot of your, your patients and clients, Dan, like it just, they, they don't choose that, but their, their paradigm is wrenched, wrenched open and they got, they have to try to, to deal with it. Right. Or, or well, and, and here's the thing. I find myself in a unique situation because I, I just get to play the role of advocate, right? My job is to be the one that takes all the arrows and darts I mean, for you, guys, you you guys can totally pawn this off. As, ah, we just had this crazy guy on one time. Saying, we don't agree with anything he says. Like, but you know, just, I mean, we don't even know why he had. But you know, look, this will go out. Someone will hear it. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm here to validate, right? At my own expense, which that's fine because Jesus paid anyway. Right? So yeah, <laughs> and yes, sir. and yes. and this is the thing. Like, no one says, "Wow, you know, I I I, I most people don't." It's like. I really want to have interactions with shape-shifting reptiles. Like it just starts happening to them. Mm -hmm. And then they're looking for answers. 
I mean, I, I talked to one lady because she was married to one of these guys and he was into the, the, the BDSM and yeah, like, he, I mean, he was so abusive. You know, they say that oh, some people have said, you know, you, you can't get raped if you're get if you're married, like anything that happens. No, you can. And and this guy was totally abusive. Right. And and there were times during that in there where he would partially shapeshift, partially shapeshift, like the reptilian eyes would come out. Can you imagine? Hmm. And it was always like brutal, like beat, pain, hurt, like. but but the reptiles they have a bloodlust problem the whole house of windsor are a bunch of reptiles hundreds of years old now these people are they're just reptiles sitting in human body i'm sure you guys have heard that they love to eat babies okay i'm sorry i said it like Mm, what what princess diana had to deal with in that castle i i mean i just my gosh this poor lady but um wow we all i thought that i've thought that I've heard that. I thought that. No, it's not like a, this isn't a revelation. I've definitely heard that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's wow. So, I mean, let's back up a little bit. Are all entities shape-shifting or there are, are there are actual species of these things? No, definitely species. And, and that's where it gets really interesting because there does seem to be a difference between the shape-shifting reptilians and the ones that sit in the, some of the underground caverns and the underground laboratories and off-planet craft and different bases where they just always have their reptilian form. They don't shapeshift at all. Like, and it's like different things. One of the interesting things that came out in our work is that there seems to be a big difference between the serpent in Genesis and the reptilian groups that run around. It's like, like, orders of power different like a lot of these reptilians especially the shape-shifting ones that sit in human bodies like they're nowhere near the class or power of 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 the serpent that is satan he's like a whole other order of magnitude of like power and authority and the spirit and everything else like it seems that there's different tiers so yeah but we, we i mean i have reports of all of the above so let me. Can I ask a dumb question? It sounds like a dumb yeah. When I think about it, it's Probably a dumb, dumb question. But no. where did all these come from? One, it, it, are they laboratory experiments and DNA by the by the rebellion? You know these manipulations, or is it something else? Because I, I just I, I when I'm trying to classify things Origins, in my mind, yeah. right? Or yeah, I'm just trying know. to think. Where does you know? I don't know how, and maybe we don't know. But I just want your opinion. It carries a lot more weight than right because it's like where, where do Daros come from? Right, so th- these are like those entities with the with the um, elephant nose. Mm, yeah, they kind of look like Ganesh, you know, and and say the elephant nose, and then it, but it's like a yeah. human body. Yeah, what the heck is that? Yeah, we haven't even talked about them. Hey, but you know, uh, I mean, yeah, I have reports of those too. Like they're not nice. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good and, 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 and I'm okay with that answer because I what, what I do is I, I kind of I'm on a journey just like you guys and I take a journey with the people that I serve and help and you know our, our primary goal is always to get people set free right. right so they're being harassed they're going through spiritual problems their life is not coming together for them and we're connecting them to solutions in Christ Jesus but in the process and that's why I got weird it's like what does it take to actually get people free yeah and it takes an acceptance of this whole world, everything we talked about, and so much more. Guys, I mean, if you let me, I would I would take you into the, <laughs> the higher dimensions and the realms of like interaction between different 
energy fields and, and, and toroidal nature of interactions and it's like well, let's, so much let's, let's run but, this back let's run this back again we need to do this again yeah. like, I mean, we'll do another we're, episode we're, we're like 90 minutes which you know we don't have a hard and fast rule at all but like if we were to just take you, you and focus you on because this has been amazing because like nate said it really is fascinating like dan just just for insight into our journey like taking a lot of these pieces that you're, that you're talking about and, and use specific job to kind of put these together. It's pretty timely in a lot of ways um, because we have touched on, talked about little pieces. It's, it's cool. It's cool to have the insight of someone who, you know, who's on the front lines. And I, I love the way you put it too. Like, listen, this is the understanding is, is part of the job, but really the, the, the game, the end, the end game is to set people free and to deliver people in the name of Jesus. Right. And, and so in, in the process, you learn some crazy stuff, right? It's just well, I think it's important, Lucas, because a lot of people are getting sucked into these like ancient alien cults because they don't, they do know there's weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Does, the church won't talk about it, so they're moving into these nope. occult new age religions to try to get explanations. So I, that's why I think there's a, there's a room for our podcast because people need answers and they need to be able to talk to their ancient alien friends and say, "Look, the Anunnaki are just they're not the the cedars of humanity, you know, but that's what they think." It's good to get weird because I think a lot of people are they're disenfranchised by the narrative. They don't believe in Jesus as the creator, but they but they also don't believe evolution. So they're in this weird space. They're looking for answers. So I think it's good to talk about this whole list of creatures because I think people people know they're out there or people have encounters with them and they don't they don't know how to make sense of it. Talk to your pastor. I saw a reptilian. Whoa, okay. <laughs> well, come back next week. I have a I have a sermon on the Sermon on the Mount. You know, it's like, wait, what? I saw a reptile. Like, well, how does this I, make I sense? Think, I think one of the things too is that it just reminds me of what when we talked to Mike Heiser was about how he would go give presentations at UFO conventions and he's like those were the the most hungry people for the gospel and i think there's something to be said for that and i think i'm sure danny traffic in that and let you opine on that but like i think that there's something to be said for people that have encounters or or have things that happen they can't explain and they just want answers they just want to be free of you know as you as you said of the inequity right there's this whatever is continuing to have access and continuing to, and I think this put a lot of pieces together for me too, Nate, and the idea that like we talked about the abductions and, and, and how it runs in families. I never really thought about it in the context of, you know, of, of sins of the father and maybe this genetic sort of marking. Yeah. But it makes a lot of sense. I mean, everything we talk about comes back to the DNA, right? It, it, it is, that is what it's about. Even if you talk, and I'm just going to make a quick statement here. Even if you talk to people that do pull back like a memory or two from onboard the craft, one of the things you'll hear over and over again is as they're on the table, they're having like blood and, and bone marrow extracted and they're testing it, looking for something. And they'll be like, is it there? Like, and, and the, 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 the entities are trying to figure out if the markers they're looking for are present and that'll help them to determine what and how far they can take a person. This is exactly what we've been talking about. And that is wild. So, yeah. Daniel, one of my last questions, and I, I, we, we want to have you back on if you have the time to unpack some of these things more. Like, to, Let's go back to 2012 when you started your podcast and you started this and where you are now. If you could have a conversation with yourself, how different would would that conversation be versus what you what you see and believe now versus what the guy you were when you started this? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question, Nate. Sometimes you got you got the you got that juice, and it's like that's a good question. 
<laughs> 10 years. Back, I would just say, listen, my friend, just hang in there. Believe me, it will get better. Well, I mean, just, just two years <laughs> of doing this podcast has been weird. I can't imagine. Well, if I could just say this, you know, for those of you that are listening, we, we have a lot of resources at Pride Ministries. That's a, we are a, a training center and a resource pool. Uh, we have free prayers. We have a deliverance portal at deliverance.bridemovement.com. If you've been having lots of spiritual problems, uh, we want to connect you with freedom. We have books that that basically have the free prayers on the website in easy to access uh, bindings. We have tons of teaching. And uh, we also have coaches that I've trained personally. I have, I've, I've trained now um, nearly 40 people. Mm. You know, th- these are warriors. They're going to go to bat for you and they will sit down and, and they will take, you know, an hour or two a week over months, years, whatever it takes to help you get set free from your problems. If, if you've been struggling with some weird stuff, you can't explain, you know, and, and, and we are here to serve. So bridemovement.com is our, you know, ministry website and um you can catch you know me at dandevall.com that's yeah listeners if you're struggling with anything go check it out and daniel thanks for coming on our show it makes me just want to keep asking questions i i want to know what the what the weirdest thing is that you've experienced so far the one thing that just like you scratch your head at or when you're with your buddies and you're off you know you're and someone asks you like and you're just raw and real the one thing makes you scratch your head the most what is the weird you you do know that you, you who you're asking this yeah, question to, yeah yeah right? exactly i want to know what what tops the list for we, you we're we're still level like 3 right now i haven't i bet i bet so the thing is to answer that question i don't know that i because there's context you know it's it's almost like you know can you explain the problem you're having with your cell phone to someone in 1920 who's never seen a cell phone the problems that I struggle with tend to be on, on, on a plane that I can't explain the problem without explaining the, the dimension where, where it exists at. Now, just to say this, I mean, look, uh, one of the things that we ran into that's really, really weird is this ancient artificial intelligence. Now, it seems to be that the artificial intelligence is an ancient, ancient entity, like, like way old super old and it, it, it's like gone in, into many different veins and then it has like like there are councils of artificial intelligence and also and there seems to be some kind of interface with what I, i'm now calling counterfeit yehovah computers which seem to uh project some kind of digital overlay on top of like the entire creation that weaves into the artificial intelligences so so everything is actually highly manipulated far beyond what you would imagine or think like and I'm, I'm just trying to work out some of the problems associated with understanding that level it's not like you can just look it up in a book um it is affecting some of my clients and it's weird yeah it's like sci-fi so that you know that's that's one it's like the matrix it's weird yeah. yeah it's like it's it sounds like the matrix it's 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 sci-fi stuff man it's, there's just it's, dan there's so much man I, I i just feel like we could i mean you were saying you could fill years of with this stuff and i i believe it like anything everywhere from the frequencies to you know to these different energy levels into what's going on with you know these, these these creature factions and the dumbs or you know what even just to talk about MK Ultra and what's what's happening and what what the you know what people that are experiencing deliverance from that and what you know what's going on in those programs is still and we know are still happening I mean there's so much I feel like we could do so we I mean we'd love to have you back yeah um, the beauty is you need you you know what you're you know you need a savior and you have a better idea of what you're yes. being saved from you know.
Come on. That's actually, Nate asked the question. I want to ask you one caveat to that last question. Is it in the process of, of this ten, these 10 years or so, Dan, like what, what would you say you've, you've learned about the most about, or, or what has been the most significant thing you've learned about God, about who the personage of God? <laughs> wow. The most significant, I, I, I think one of the most revelatory things is, you, you know, God is sovereign. He is powerful, but he is also, he governs his own activities by his own rules. He never breaks his own rules, meaning he is always perfectly righteous and therefore he is perfectly just. And one of the things that I have learned is that God doesn't break his own rules just to make us feel better in a moment, which explains a whole lot of why suffering is permitted because mm-hmm. there is this like free will thing. And, and in that, I never realized just how large the plan of God is because, b- because of free will, every possibility that is future pre-exists the actual event a decision is made. And there are many alternative pasts that result from unfulfilled possible futures, Mm. meaning that the entire realm of possibilities that God is calculating for in his plan is fantastically incalculable. And in that, there is a certainty of his victory with flawed individuals like you and I. Mm. And that level of ability and integrity and love is mind-bending. Dude. Good answer. It's like you can't – it hurts your brain to even think about it. Good answer. That was kind of what we talked to Dr. Michael Heiser on our episode about. It's like there's this ultimate chess game, right? Yeah. And God lets us move the pieces, but he's going to win. And it's a strange dance. He needs us to make moves, but ultimately he's going to win the game. It's it's amazing. It's wild. Yeah, it's you amazing. said it a little more eloquent than I did, but yeah, you did. <laughs> sure, I loved it. I love it. Yeah, it's 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 strange and it's vast and it's weird and that's why we call it blurry creatures because it's just the more you get into it, the you think it comes into focus and it just gets and like you were saying in the end there, it sounds like there's these sci-fi realities, this ancient tech, and a lot of Christians have a hard time with the the technology that comes from these other realms. These UFOs even just, we get little glimpses of their technology, and it's vast, these craft that they're flying in. This isn't just smoke and mirrors, guys, and a lot of Christians just slap demons on it. It's like, wait, wait, wait. No, it is beyond that, and that's hard. It's hard for me. Where are they coming from? Why are they here? What are they doing? Yeah, I mean, people. Yeah, you're right, Nate. People will just slap it. It's the UFO deception. It's a deception, yeah, right? Yeah. Like the, the somehow the, the, all this stuff is is smoke and mirrors, and it's, but it's like man, that's pretty limiting you know, to the to the vastness of realms. I mean, I talk about this all the time on our show, but like to be so myopic to think that like everything we everything fits in a box is just is almost more absurd than than believing that there's a lot of things we can't explain going on, but we can. You know, we can get better answers in the context of, of Jesus Christ in the biblical, biblical worldview, and that's what we're trying to do. So, Dan, thanks for better answers. Yeah, man. yeah. This has been, uh, I know. It's like, it's like a keep, I, I keep I'm asking sure. him. I just, it's like, I want to know if, you know, 
I think just to end this thing is like, are they, are the people you're interviewing, are they telling you these, these entities are going to start manifesting more and showcasing? Is there a moment when we all see each other again? Cause it sounds like we used to see each other. We don't, we don't right now, but it feels like more and more stuff's manifesting. Is there some sort of, are we getting closer like to the veil? Like the veil disappears. He, well, yes. I mean, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look, uh, you guys are going to pull me into a whole other story set and going to be here for another 15 minutes. But, you know, short answer is is, is yes. I mean, the, the veil is thinning. Disclosure will happen. I mean, these guys are disclosing themselves practically. Yeah. Um, there are certain agreements that are coming to term. They're, they're going to expire and, and stuff's going to then change. There are a lot of earth changes that are coming. And it, at, at the center of it, Jesus Christ is doing something really extraordinary. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very exciting time to be alive. So mm. that. What a time! To, what a time! To be we'll alive. have to do another one and get get highly specific and try not to be so ADD. But like I said earlier, you know, we <laughs> we hear so many people drop things. It's always good to have somebody have more context because you hear it you hear it directly from people, sometimes directly from the entities themselves talking to you in crazy languages. And and I can I can only I can only imagine. <laughs> All of that. All of that. I couldn't do it. I couldn't All do your it. job, so it's just so dark. But someone's got to do it, and I appreciate that you for taking that on. Because not only do you believe, but then you have to just – it's like the level of which you have to believe to help people. There's so many skeptics, even in the Christian fence. It's it's so hard. But sometimes Christians are the most skeptical. It's weird. Well, it's amazing that you have to I – have, I find myself constantly – having to give people permission to believe their own story mm-hmm. it, because it happened and they they say i can't believe this happened i call it the fro the false reality overlay mm. which is responsible for a whole lot of deception i mean because because the deception is that it's a ufo um uh conspiracy theory and abductions are not real. And if you think that's happening to you, you're crazy. That is actually the deception. The actual reality, the truth is that all of this stuff is real. Rays are running around, military is working with them, military is working with these reptilians. Like there are real portals that are being opened up in rituals. There are naturally occurring portals in the earth. There are portals between planets. There's a whole lot of stuff going on off planet there are councils there there are cosmic councils there are earthbound councils there are councils of 13 there is a conspiracy to take over the governments of the earth to install a new world order to establish antichrist also it's it that's the truth that's the world we live in and the, the the false reality overlay is that if you think that you are having a few screws it, it's so it's just complete opposite oh, is that the artificial intelligence you were talking about we haven't got no. I'm not even. I'm not even on. <laughs> That's a whole other. Man, yeah, you keep on. Well, because it's like people believe this lie so deeply. It's almost like they're under a spell. I feel like people are under a spell. People haven't woken up to, to just what's going on right now. Politically, I'm just like, if you haven't woken up yet, what's gonna wake you up? It feels like people are under a spell. It's crazy. So anyway. It's just it's the illusion of safety, right? That's 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 what people they aspire to that. It's the 
So, the, you know, the funny thing is I'm actually trying to give you guys the space to close the podcast. I, I stopped know, I my know, mouth I know, I know. from moving. Like, hey, <laughs> it's like now we're like on round four. It's like, I know, Dan, I know. Never Dude, this, is, this is what I try to do with Nate all the well, time. I mean, keeps, you know, you know, yeah. I, 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 I'm at fault there, but no, Dan, Dan Duvall, uh, great to have you. Um, we would, if you hated this, you won't come back, but if if you enjoyed this all, we'd love to have you back at some point to, to unwrap some more we, we, things. We can look that out. That sounds we'll great. Well, we we want to get on your, we want to get on your calendar again. Okay. Um, but we appreciate, yeah, we appreciate your time, mm-hmm. um, and your work and we encourage our listeners to go check out what, what Dan's doing. Um, your books, podcasts, and yeah, you can find his books on Amazon. Um, you can check out all of his content uh, at at the Bride Ministries website. Yeah, man, just thanks for thanks for thanks for being a voice, man, and and thanks for being on the front lines in, in this whole thing because you know there's a you know that's how it's a heck of a calling and you're answering it, man. So we just want to encourage you in that in the work you're doing, man, because uh, you know there's currency of heaven is people amen people are what matters to jesus and, and to god and and them being the same person but yes that's what matters to god and yeah and we sound a little less weird now so we love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i love talking to fellow fellow blurries it's it's we're all in this and we're all confused and we're all trying to make sense of it and i'm just glad that you know it's good to have a good conversation and not not feel like you're crazy Cause that's all the, I believe all this stuff, and sometimes I don't know. I don't know exactly how I have the. It's just I, I, I. You hear enough stories, and you know something's there. You don't know exactly what it is, but you don't think it's a. It's a conspiracy theory, and it's good to. It's good to hear you put, put some words to it. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, Dan. You're welcome. All right. All right, bro. Hey, we'll uh, we'll let you know. Yeah. We'll let you know when this when this comes out. I'll shoot you an email, and then. Uh, yeah, man. Maybe we can get you back on the books a couple months from now. I mean, maybe before Christmas or something, and, and do it again. We'll do it. Thanks so much for the time, Hi, man. man. And we know, it, yeah, time is time is a scarce resource, so we appreciate the time yeah. you gave us, man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, friends. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Visit me at dandevall.com where you'll discover merch, books, and the opportunity to engage in our private social network. Join the tribe by subscribing to our email list and supporting this podcast.